Welcome to Please Make This Movie, a podcast where we take a beloved movie or TV series and come up with a prequel or sequel. I'm Zach. I'm Storm. And I'm Nick. And this week we're doing Total Recall. Where would you guys put this as far as like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in like his rankings? Uh, maybe number one. Maybe yeah. number one. I agree. I think this is like a definitely top three. Um, Predator for me is maybe a step above, but yeah, this is a good movie. Uh, I really like Terminator, um, the the franchise and the character, but I, yeah, I think is in terms of um, uh, there's something about this movie that I, I really like rewatching. It's a lot of fun every time. I also feel like uh, Arnold brings something to this one that maybe somebody else wouldn't have, or like Terminator. I, yeah, maybe somebody else could have done that. It's yeah. almost as if if you have someone who isn't really great at acting, who's just like sort of a blank slate, who yes. has forgotten everything about who they are, <laughs> and I don't know, it just it kind of melds well. I uh, very much like this movie because I am a big fan of I don't know. Paul Verhoeven has done Total Recall, Starship Troopers, and RoboCops, and all these films are movies I liked watching as kids, as like action movies. And in each, in their own individual way, I've enjoyed differently as an adult. And I don't know, I just think they're, all three of them are fucking awesome. (laughs) And and all three of them, to tie it, to keep that kind of line together, all three of them have like bad practical effects, but they're almost charming in a way. Oh, yeah. Of like, it's like what makes this movie is like these terrible, like clearly faces of Arnold that are not, they're not him. And like, it's obvious. It's like, that's weird. Could you guys yeah. not figure out a way to put his head inside this woman's head? Oh, I love it. I love those practical effects. Nick, I like that you mentioned that um, you watched all those movies as a kid. Because uh, <laughs> they are hard R movies, but they play out like cartoons. All three of those movies, I, I watched those as a kid as well. And um, they feel like children's movies in a way. The, the kind of <laughs> sense of playfulness and the pacing and the jokes. Uh, and like the, the practical effects. But the Arnold head, you're exactly right, Zach, that... They probably could have done that in a more realistic way, but the tone of the movie, uh, it being cartoonish and way over the top, uh, it really, it elevates it. Yeah, they like, I know, in, I've watched these movies before, like on like weird HBO direct TV channels before I ever saw like Quentin Tarantino. And I think it introduced me to enjoying like violence in like a <laughs> pleasurable way, like in a sort of comical way. I mean, you can think of, uh, I mean, get ready for a surprise and the head exploding. Like, that's super funny. There's all these, like, one-liners Arnold had, has. You can even go to RoboCop, Paul Verhoeven's other movies. Like, um, you know, there's that awesome scene where, like, uh, Ed 209 just shoots the dude and the uh, conference meeting for, like, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and it's super gory. And, I mean, I... I don't want to talk too much crap about the special effects because I love them. And yeah. some of them, are, some of them are really bad. Like the worst ones in this movie are like the weird still like headshots where it's clearly not them. Yeah. Like where it's like really shiny and plastic and like maybe like, the I nose, don't know, like the nose one where he pulls the, uh, where he pulls the like tracker out of his nose is I, like, it was, it, it didn't like take me out of the movie, but it was like, this has not aged well at all. It makes it enjoyable, though. Like the best yeah. ones are when they're out in Mars and their heads are exploding. Like that oh, goes yeah. great. <laughs> like that is, um, I'm I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but that is one of the things that like I put on the touchstones of like if this movie were to get remade, I think 
like the campy special effects need to carry over because if this was a like high, highly stylized high budget movie with like good CGI I don't think it would be near as good. Yeah, okay. So I haven't seen it, but I'm pretty sure that's what the Colin Farrell remake was. That would be my guess. Was it? Yeah. yeah, more streamlined, yeah. stylized, realistic version. And it, it looked boring, to be honest. I assumed it was that. I, again, I didn't see it. Um, but I absolutely agree. Yeah, the, the style, the campiness uh, is very important to, uh, to making this movie um, the way it, it works and feels. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I was reading some stuff about it. Apparently it had like a $60 million budget, which was a, like a crazy amount for that time. Okay. And it looks like it's got kind of a shitty budget. <laughs> I mean, like, I think they just do a lot, like a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, you know, all those sets, like, I don't know, a yeah. lot of it was pretty cool. Yeah. Like they did, they, they had to make a lot of stuff for it. Don't get me wrong. Well, there's, a ton of, there's a ton of makeup work. Like there's full characters that, that exist only in like their makeup design. There's a ton of just like big set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, everything seems like it's there there it doesn't look like anything was done like on a on a sound stage like green screen type thing it's like they built these giant things and then actually filmed the scene on them also to, to add another reason why i really like this movie this is one of the special connections to total recall that i have is that philip k dick is one of my favorite sci-fi writers and the story is based off of uh what did i had it up i've never actually read it um but it's uh what's the story called we can remember it for you wholesale uh by <laughs> philip k dick and one of philip k dick's themes and like almost all of his books is like questioning reality and the movie doesn't play up into it a lot but as my pitch kind of goes i kind of focus on that because like what is real and what is not real i just think it's an awesome theme and, mine does uh, i mine does too i think they underuse that and I think maybe that's because of the time period it was in, because like, I don't think a super hard sci-fi movie that's questioning, like, is this the real timeline or is this in his head would have been good for a large audience. And I think now, uh, maybe not, maybe I'm just blowing smoke up my own ass, but I feel like <laughs> movie moviegoers now are a little bit more savvy. And so could handle that like uh, a little bit more, um, harder to to comprehend concept i think it's a, a, the sign uh a sign that the movie has created a good sci-fi universe that you guys are are kind of inspired to expand elements of it uh thematically and, and even i mean there's a lot you could do like technology wise with with focusing in like recall i don't know it as much as it is a central focus of the film there's so many more crazy things you can do with being able to program people's minds and uh, uh, send them on virtual things like the it, yeah it absolutely uh, the idea of questioning reality is not focused on in the movie but you as the viewer create things. I also think it's very confusing that they call it recall because like <laughs> over the course of the movie he recalls his actual memories but then they can recall somebody and give them false memories and then like when i was writing my pitch i started writing recall with a k when it wasn't real uh just because it was it was hard to track back and forth and that could be why it it didn't kind of play up that switching back and forth between like the reality and not because it'd be hard to write and keep track of yourself yeah so total recall the concept as defined in the movie um is it, it it's that like um 
It's when you have been reprogrammed, but now you're remembering, you're fully remembering your original state of mind. Is that mm-hmm. correct? I don't know if they ever mention it. In, I don't know. In the movie There's stuff. a company right. named Recall, but that's Recall with the K. Yeah, Michael Ironside. And then they, yeah, and it. then they talk about it. Yeah, but I don't know if it. It definitely is not spelled out. Yeah, he just says a vague that, line. Yeah. It's like uh, in an hour he'll have achieved total recall. It's like whoa, what? Well, <laughs> yeah, I think him. Uh, so w- when did they say that line again? It's right after he's watched the video. Um, Quaid has watched the Hauser video and he's taken the tracker out of his nose and he's starting to remember some things. And they're like, you know, yeah. Yeah, right now he doesn't know who he is, but in an hour he'll have achieved total recall. Yeah, he's probably just going to revert back and like, because their whole goal was to try to hide it for whatever reason and, you know, keep him in his nice little pretend life and he's going to have and complete what, and total so clarity. Let's let's talk about that. Why? Why, why did yeah. they, why did they, the only reason that I could, the only motive for keeping him alive is that Cohagen is like his friend. Yeah. and didn't want to kill him <laughs> but there's no reason there is no logical reason for why they're like we're going to keep him alive and we're just going to send him to earth and we're going to spend all these resources tracking him it, it just seems like a, a wasted effort so they I, that he would come back and lead the martian revolution straight to them so they could wipe them out was that actually the reason though yeah yeah because at, at the end like they realized that him and hauser not Quaid, but Hauser, the original agency, Arnold Schwarzenegger, they agreed to do that so he could, I don't know, it was like this elaborate scheme in him being able to trick the rebellion into collapsing. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, it's, it's, I, it's So it's I thought that strong. was just a <laughs> fake video. I, I did not get that that was like actually the plan. I thought that that was like a doctored video to show him that, that it wasn't like I I don't know with the it video at the end. Really, no, uh, yeah, the one where Hauser says like you did it, buddy. Yeah, like, we we tricked him, <laughs> and I'm like, this is fake. This isn't real. Like this is definitely not what they wanted to happen because that's a super complicated plot. Um, and why did they have to chase him all the way through Earth? Like a lot of people died in the process when they could have just yeah. like let him go to Mars and be like, oh, shoot, he beat us. Yeah. Uh, and then picked <laughs> it up there. They're full-on firing guns in, like, crowded airports. Yeah. All, so this convolution, uh, I guess, how how ridiculous and over-the-top that is, um, that is exactly why I love this movie. Because that is fucking ridiculous. But that no, is, I, no I interpreted it as that is exactly what they intended to do. Yeah. I mean, in the end, like, the plot isn't what matters about this movie no, it's just like 100%, a fun 100%. action movie it, it's not as oh, yeah it doesn't have like it has like some basic anti-corporation themes it has some basic anti-corporation themes but like it's it's not like as i don't know satirical as maybe like yeah. robocop or starship troopers it is, is it is mm. not necessarily making a big commentary it is it is definitely following like the rule of cool and it's like we could do this and it'd be good for our plot or he could just rip this guy's arms off and that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, this movie's a whole lot of fun. Uh, uh, do you guys catch do you guys know that Dean Norris is in this movie? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, with the the vagina head. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually wrote guy whose face looks like a weird vagina. Not but the yeah, best. I, I, I identified him by voice and I was like, wait a minute. Cause we had been talking about Hank from breaking bad. And I was like, that voice is familiar. 
I think that's, and then I looked it up and I was, yep, sure, sure was. Yeah. He's, um, he's also in Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah, he is. Nice. Uh, and um, I was kind of surprised once I figured out it was him that he didn't have, I, I thought his role was much bigger. Like I thought he was like a, a second in command or something. But he, he is in the movie and then just like is slowly just dying from not getting oxygen. Like he, I mean, he is a super small part. I don't I, I'm not saying that he was a big movie star and should have been featured more, but like they definitely make a point to show this guy and have him be unique. Yeah, he's like some rebel dude that works at the bar. He's not even high up. Oh man, I'm already forgetting who who's the uh uh baby monster? Kate Kate Kawatu. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kawatu's fucking nuts. That, I mean, that shit makes <laughs> no, the that's movie so for weird. me. It's oh, so yeah. weird. Like, the voice makes no sense. I don't understand it at all. Like, it. So, does nobody know about Kuatu? Or do they, like, all kind of know? Because he's like, oh, he's going to be here. He's on his way. He's going to be here. Uh, and so, like, do other people think, like, Kuatu's taken some other entrance into the room or uh, that, that was super confusing to me because there's the guy who's like just seems like a a right-hand man but he is actually like the host of Kuatu or something yeah I, I, I I'm not sure although there's so many cool pieces in this that I mean they should remake the, this is this would, this would be a great series like if the right people did it, you could spread this out super far into like multiple seasons and like I don't know, flesh out this weird rebellion underworld and well, and, yeah, know, it's a uh, recall organization. And, uh. It almost reminds me of the Expanse, uh, not not at all in terms of story or quality or anything, but like the levels of society that it could depict. Because um, there's like this underbelly, then there's just like the normal working class. And then there's this upper class, like there's all these different levels of people that it could kind of pop in and out of their stories. And they obviously intertwine. Yeah. I haven't seen the, the expanse, um, but I definitely agree that there's a lot of material going on here and a lot of interesting um, angles that could definitely be fleshed out further. And that's why it's a fun one to, to write a pitch for, um, and to think even things happening before the timeline of the movie or way after uh, or even immediately after. It's just kind of good, fun sci-fi all around. I don't know. I I kind of love this movie. It's a really fun movie. Like, I, it is a good, like, just sit there, have some popcorn and enjoy and, like, don't think too much about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this movie, I, I there's a lot of uh, sound clips from it that I've heard sampled in songs. Like, and I can't even point to the song specifically, but I'm like, man, I've, I've definitely heard that phrase before. It's like, oh, the, like I mentioned earlier, get ready for a surprise. I feel like that's uh-huh. just a metal song I've heard back in high school. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it's, it's had a, it's had an impact. That's for sure. Um, Certainly. You were, you were talking about expanse not to get on that, but I've actually been reading the books um, that that mm-hmm. show's based off of. And I'm, I'm enjoying those much more than the actual show. And I enjoy the show. So, so, Quick preview to maybe somewhere down the line if Storm you ever watched The Expanse. Um, the reason I watched the show was because Game of Thrones was ending and I was listening to a Game of Thrones podcast and they're like, if you're really looking for something to get into after Game of Thrones that has a similar feel, The Expanse is Game of Thrones in space, basically. And I don't know that that 
metaphor necessarily holds true, but it is, it is good. It's similar to where it's like kind of dense. Um, so you, you can't necessarily binge a whole bunch of it at once. Um, but yeah, there's my little plug for it. Right on. Not to plug it even further, but I'm curious now, what platform is it on? Uh, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It was a sci-fi original show, and then it was canceled, I believe. Yeah, and then, um, okay, and then Amazon it. picked it up for the last two. So there were two seasons on sci-fi. Now there are two seasons on Amazon. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm curious. I, I definitely will check that out. Um, so let's like flawlessly segue into... <laughs> um, <laughs> What do you think are the hallmarks of this movie? We've talked about it a little bit. The practical effects, um, that's not necessarily something we can um, carry over in in our podcast. Um, I just think the feel of it, it's got a very 90s feel. Even like the the green coat that Quaid wears the entire movie, Like I feel like everybody's dad had that coat in some color. Yeah, you'd picture a dude golfing. Yeah. <laughs> Like, but it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, so it looked badass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, action—it's got to have a lot of dumb action. If there's not a lot, if it's not mostly based around action scenes, like, I well, don't know, like, like gratuitous, gratuitous action, like not even necessary to the plot. Just like I'm going to choose to do this because it's cooler than if we <laughs> did the logical thing. Yeah, and I stuck around the theme. I don't know if it necessarily has to be in there, but I stuck with the themes of like corporate greed and the man sucks we kind of i think tried to put a modern twist on it i don't know i i didn't put a whole lot of detail into well, i <laughs> i didn't put a lot of detail into that part of my pitch but yeah uh i i i think like some of the themes um that would carry over um that kind of tie right into like corporate greed um classism or wealth inequality um the incoming or the impending war between uh the impoverished and the uh ruling class um which is uh you know it is like an underlying element that is uh i don't know i i definitely would have liked to have seen more of that uh, especially within the martian colony in the original movie and then obviously the uh the recall and, and like the almost the uncertainty of what is the truth and what is um kind of put out there to be accepted as the truth. Yeah, that definitely is a theme that could be uh, brought um, more front and center, I guess. Definitely like mistaken identity rings true, but like the uh, actual questioning of what is real and what is not. There's the one scene in the original movie where like um, a guy comes to Quaid's apartment. He's like, hey, like this is Inception. I'm a figment of your imagination. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guide you through this. You're freaking out. And he just kills him because obviously it's not real. Because he starts uh, to sweat. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, for Which me... Like, or was that part of his memory? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think that for a second, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Uh, that As the viewer, it was more about like the mistaken identity thing from then on between Quaid and Hauser versus, like, is this real or part of his recall experience or, or you know, reality not being what it seems. And then I think, I don't know where you guys set yours in like the timeline, but um, there needs to be similar kind of uh, characters. Some of them obviously can't make their way in. Um, but as far as like the archetypes, the the like almost cliches, the, 
they are somebody needs to fill those roles yeah yeah i i agree like the the um obedient thug uh kind of mm-hmm. that michael ironside was or the absolute over the top cartoonish uh mustache twirling villain that is cohagan yeah, yeah. love it yeah well who's that? that dude's still alive um again also in robocop he put and dude they just use all the same actors like these movies are all like interconnected <laughs> i think his name's like ronnie cox or ron cox something cox and michael ironside's in starship troopers got uh uh what was his name Dean Norris. Dean Norris. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's the actor's name. So let's go ahead and get into pitches then. Right on. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and, and go first. Um, my pitch, I, I you know, we were going with the sequel. I wanted to keep Arnold Schwarzenegger involved. Uh, so I, I figured it'd have to be set kind of in the distant future as opposed to the direct future. So it's 30 years later. Quaid and Molina are the leaders of the Martian colony. After the events of Total Recall, all of the rich um, colonists, they fled to the Saturn colony that was mentioned um, by the guy at Recall in the first movie um, after the terraforming of Mars and the kind of preceding revolution from the destruction of the, the dome. So currently, the offspring of the mutants from the original movie have developed kind of mild psychic and telekinetic abilities. They aren't so much physically mutated as they have these powers. And this is a pretty common thing amongst the new generation. So while the young people within the Martian colony, they are blessed with special abilities. And in the beginning of the movie, we see an envoy, a ship from Earth. It arrives on Mars. There's an ambassador. He's come to negotiate a deal with Quaid to develop a new colony on Mars, one that wealthy people will be drawn to. And they might find comfortable as opposed to what the Martian colony has become in the past 30 years. And Quaid immediately turns him down. He's like, you know, a couple dozen of you guys have come out here in the past 30 years and I'll turn you down every time. Mars is not for sale. Mars is for, for the people. It's a free colony. And the ambassador leaves and he's frustrated, but he kind of ominously tells Quaid that there's a new president on earth and the platform he ran on was returned to Mars. So we're coming for you. Uh, and that evening, Word reaches the Martian colony that on Saturn, their colony has suffered a terrible explosion, um, one that shattered their dome and exposed them to the poisonous environment. Many, you know, maybe like 75% of the population was killed, and the remaining 25% are now uh, homeless, and Mars is closer than Earth, so they're going to seek refuge on Mars. They're heading for them. Quaid, he suspects immediately that this is some sort of complicated plot developed by the new president of Earth to weaken the Martian position into accepting a new development deal. And then, to make things worse, there is an assassination attempt on Molina in the night, but it's thwarted by a young psychic uh, boy named Siren. Siren kind of becomes Molina's right-hand bodyguard figure. Um, I think this is going to be kind of dumb, but I imagine him being played by Jaden Smith. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of like robotic and uh, maybe has like glowing white eyes. Um, uh, but it, it's kind of revealed that Molina always wanted to have a child with Quaid, but they can't for some reason. So throughout the movie, Siren becomes their kind of child figure. Um, a refugee vessel arrives from Saturn and many aboard are highborn uh, members of the Saturn aristocracy that's kind of what survived the explosion the wealth distribution was already pretty ridiculous and it was mostly upper class people on saturn and this is the richest of the rich that are seeking refuge on mars 
Um, and they look down on Quaid and the Martians. So there's um, tension immediately, even though they're welcoming them in. Uh, something is brewing. Um, and aboard the ship is a man whose memory has seemingly been erased. He is a large, hulking, you know, muscular figure, very similar to Quaid in the original movie. He can't remember anything. He says his name is Duke, and he uh, he remembers the explosion, but nothing before that. He seems friendly. He wants to help. He wants to be involved, but Quaid is, you know, suspicious that it's some recall business like what happened to him originally, and so he kind of keeps this dude at an arm's length. Eventually, forces from Earth arrive having been summoned by the snooty members of the Saturn aristocracy and the president of earth is among them. Uh, uh, so this is kind of a reference to DC comics, but I imagine he wears like a Lex Luthor battle suit, like a, a mechanized battle suit. And maybe even it is revealed that he's Richter, Michael Ironside from the original movie having survived. And he's got like cannons for arms because his arms got ripped off. So in the end, uh, it, there it's like a big battle between the earth forces uh, and, and, Quaid's uh, Martian colony to force them to allow them to develop a new wealthy Martian colony. Uh, it's revealed that Duke was an undercover operative. It was exactly as Quaid suspected. Um, planted to trigger the explosion on Saturn and set off this uh, chain of events. Quaid is nearly killed in a fight with the robot president, but Duke saves him. And Quaid gives kind of a dumb speech where he's, uh, you know, he tells Duke that he knows what it's like to be in this position, to be a bad guy who, who's been given a second chance, and he accepts him as he is. He offers him a chance to live on Mars and start over. They win the battle, but Quaid dies from his wounds. Molina takes over, and Duke and the psychic child Siren are kind of at her side, and we're in a similar position to where we were at the end of the first movie, um, but a new generation, uh, and that's that's what I got. I... I do have Michael Ironsides in mind still with <laughs> with robot with robot arms. So <laughs> I think I think that is definitely going to make its way into whatever we come up with. Cool. <laughs> I also had him uh, making some weird joke like "I've got to give you a hand" or "Let me lend you a hand," and then he like fires some missile out of his hand or something stupid. Oh my god! <laughs> I love it. God. In the game Metal Gear Solid. Um, Snake has like a, 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 a mechanical arm and it's a rocket arm that shoots off of his arm and can punch people in the face. And it's super <laughs> silly. And I imagine Michael Ironside's character having that. Is he uh, alive? Is it? Can we uh, recast he, him? He's alive. He didn't look too good. He's uh, Yeah, he looks very old. I did recast him and I am excited. I'm excited for who I recast as Michael Ironside's character. Nice. I'm excited to hear that. I do like the tension of between Earth and Mars, like not to not to really just be all over the expanse, but that that is one <laughs> of the conflicts is Mars and Earth do not get along. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> nice. because yeah, because yeah. Anyway, but I I do like the tension there uh, with like we're on our own and this is our planet, but like it, it's not anymore um, or whatever. So I, I think that is a good a good point to kind of build things on. Yeah, I I like I mean I also set mine thirty years in the future, like you know I guess because thirty years from when the movie was made, and uh, I'm gonna have a I, I like the idea of bringing in like some younger folks because when I think of like the action like Arnold Schwarzenegger like he's in good shape but he's still pretty old and you gotta have someone else take those reins so 
yeah. curious as who you cast it as Duke, but we can wait for that. Yeah, I have. I mean, I have. There's two people. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it in cast. Um, okay, so I'll go ahead and get into mine because unlike both of yours, um, I did not cast or I did not set mine 30 years in the future. I set mine immediately at the end of the the movie. Um, it it picks up right like in the last scene. Um, so my movie would pick up right with uh, Quaid and uh, Molina kind of on that, like watching the sunrise or, or whatever, looking out over the landscape after they have oxygenated the planet. Uh, and then it continues for like another beat or two. And then their eyes and, and tongues start to swell up and we see the lack of oxygen kind of face come back. Um, and then they are snapped out of it kind of much like at the very beginning of the movie where he has the dream and is, is snapped out of it. Um, he snapped out of it and he is there with his hands out and Kuatu is like holding his hands. And, and we find out that uh, Kuatu through his like telekinesis or whatever it is that he has, um, has the ability to basically recall people um, like the machines do. And so they, it, somebody in the back is like, oh, it didn't work this time. What was it? Uh, and they're like, atmosphere. There's no atmosphere on Mars. Like we can have all the oxygen. It's not going to stay here. Um, so basically they're working through this plan kind of beat by beat and wherever it fails, um, they are, cause he can also like maybe predict the future a little bit. Uh, I don't, I don't really know what his powers were. Um, but in mind, he can kind of see the future also. Um, anyway, so he is working with Quaid beat by beat through this plan. And it's kind of like uh, that movie Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise, where he's like just doing the plan and like something goes wrong and it's just like start over. Um, so it cuts back and forth between what is not actually reality, what is just this like uh, vision that Quaid is having, having because of Kuatu and the reality of them trying to like get this plan to make it 100%. It's going to work. Um, so we see a lot of things going wrong. Like the big one is they're trying to fix Kuatu dying and it never works. Uh, and then finally um, at some point it's going to show like he survives, but then somehow we would actually see that he made him see that he survived when in reality Kuatu knows like he has to sacrifice himself for this whole plan to work. Um, Ultimately, they get it. Uh, the whole plan goes off. There's an atmosphere now, like no problems. And um, the last shot is them kind of snapping back to the real time and then like gearing up to go actually do everything that happened in the first movie in real life. So all of this was actually just one big long vision. Um that now is this plan that they are a hundred percent sure if they hit the right beats will work perfectly. All right. Would you put in the ending of the first movie in the, this, this sequel? So what do you mean the ending of the first movie? Cause well, it ends with them. It ends with them on the planet with the oxygen, right? Correct. Yeah. So my built in kind of no, that didn't work is the, there's no atmosphere on Mars. So the oxygen just like dissipates and like it's not sustaining enough, okay. basically. 
So that's, that's kind of what I had is they're going to like, that's that plan went off pretty much without a hitch, except the problem of like the oxygen doesn't stay. It worked for this big wave when they first go down into the glacier or whatever. Um, but it's not going to be sustainable that way because there's no atmosphere to hold the the oxygen on Mars. I don't know if that's scientifically accurate or not. It just seemed like something I could throw out there. Well, it seems pretty ridiculous that just in like 10 seconds, the whole planet would have breathable atmosphere and blue skies, but you yeah. know, they put it in the first movie anyway. So I don't think yeah, it matters. So I'm going to undo it and in like 10 more minutes. We had some technical difficulties for anyone listening in. We'll we'll edit it in, but we're starting right here. Uh, we we lost connection to each other, and uh, yeah, we, I just assumed you hated what I what I pitched. And no, we're no, keeping silent. Yeah, I do want to just so wherever I, I I jump back in, if I didn't comment on Zach's pitch, I love the the idea of Quaid holding Quatu's hand and there being that recall moment, the Groundhog's Day element, where he can keep going back to that moment where he held his hand. Um, I don't know where we're going with the three pitches or putting them together, but I like that a lot. I think that's very cool. Okay, so then that brings us to Nick's pitch. Alrighty, so uh, my movie takes place in a, what is uh, what I'm calling a, a recall corporate carrier vessel. So in the uh, Total Recall world, um, corporations, a lot of their main headquarters and buildings and laboratories work outside of earth's atmosphere so they can avoid any laws and taxes so um what (laughs) the protagonist is going to be working on is like the main total recall or one of their like main like research vessels and it's essentially just like a, a corporate ship um like a business building in space to avoid a lot of legalities and it follows a protagonist whose name is fritz and it starts off the entire movie is taking place on the ship but it starts off on earth he's like an ex-soldier from some sort of space war we can just call it whatever we want some sort of uh intergalactic war he's kind of grizzled and has been through some shit and he's got a a sister named tolly who he's 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 been trying to take care of um he's super super broke um, uh, so is a sister, um, you know, health insurance really isn't a thing, you know, it's not like Medicare for all in the future. It's, you know, either you have a company that pays for it or you're shit out of luck. And she has some sort of, I don't know, uh, we're going to say some sort of debilitating disease where she, you know, she, she just can't move and it's like slowly degenerating her body. Well, make up some sort of space name for it. I didn't really give a name for it. It's not super important, but he cares about his sister. It's the only person in his family that he has. So what he decides to do is he decides to join up with what's called in the future dedicated service. And what this is, is just like space indentured servitude where you sign up for a certain amount of years. It's, it's like picking a career, but having a contract set in stone where they'll agree to take care of you and give you a certain amount of money, but you literally have to work with them and you're in debt to this company for like 30 years. So he pretty much signs off his life to work on the space station for the rest of his life to take care of his sister. And what he does is he takes up a job as like an orderly slash security guard. Like he, he, he's there to like, you know, help patients in this top secret little medical bay place for um, his boss who kind of runs the whole research facility, Dr. Bruner. And, He's 
on the ship, you know, he's kind of overworked. He's not super down with the job. It's it's kind of menial. He's kind of just like a grunt on the ship. Um, works kind of all the way on the back end. Uh, he, um, you know, you see him kind of get annoyed with what are called like these team leads, uh, these people who are not indentured service uh, servants <laughs> who are not the in dedicated service, but like you know have disposable income, can you know go to these nice vacation planets, go to Mars with and you know vacation do all this nice fun stuff so he's a little pissed off of them they kind of run the place he guards a medical bay where there are a bunch of vegetative people connected to machines what he assumes to be life support and he checks up on them monitors them monitors them, monitors them and makes sure they're like feeding tubes are connected to them they're all very frail and withered and uh, it just kind of guards the place and like it's super heavy security like people only a few people are in and out of there he's one of the few guards that is allowed to go in there along with like dr bruner and some other research folks and so one night uh, a team lead named chaz gets high off of a space drug i call dusties so it's like i i, I like to think of it as uh, what are what 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 are those masks you wear if you have like uh, sleep apnea? I think it's called sleep apnea. Yeah, mask. sleep apnea mask. So it's something like that, but it's like a little bit smaller, more contained. And so he he's almost off. It's like a slightly hallucinogen slash like coke drug. He's like super intoxicated, and he's getting high and like trying to bang this like dedicated servant nurse. And, uh, you know, he's trying to bang her in inside the medical bay. Like, it's super inappropriate. They're both allowed to be there, but, you know, he's a night guard and he's like, you know, trying to f figure out how to deal with this dude who's technically a superior. Both of them are beyond communicating with when he catches them in there. And um, they, like, fall over and accidentally disconnect an older patient's uh, lifeline or what he thinks is a lifeline to a computer. Um, he, he's a super pissed. He kicks them out. He drags them. He's like, he's not even being nice anymore. He goes back and... He in in like try he's like super nervous. He's like, oh man, like this is my watch. If this person dies, and he looks, and that person laying down is who we know as Douglas Quaid and or oh um, damn, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what's his name? Carl Hauser, um, <laughs> however you want to call him. And he starts. He doesn't actually die, although like the the system's reading that he's going to die. He like starts coming to life, and he, like he's he goes. Ugh. And he starts talking. He's like, where am I? Who, who are you? And he's like, what is this place? Are we still on Mars? And, you know, you, know, you put in whatever dialogue you like. And he goes, what the hell? You're, you're supposed to be like a complete vegetable. From what all Fritz knows, like, they're not supposed to be conscious at all. He's like, what? Whatever. Like, who, who are you? What do you, like, you're not supposed to be talking. He's like, it's like my, name is, <laughs> my name is Douglas Quaid. No, no, no. He doesn't say that. He says, my, <laughs> he's, my name is Carl Hauser. <laughs> Actually, this, this might be a little kink in my plot. So we're going to put, put, a, put, a, put a point on this because I'm actually not sure which name he has to be. We'll go back okay. to that. <laughs> That's um, what he says. He says both of them. He's like, my name is Douglas Quaid. No, wait. Carl Hauser. I'm not. I actually, <laughs> I think it has to be Douglas Quaid because at the end of the first movie, right, he refer mm -hmm. he refers to himself as Quaid, not Hauser. Yes, even, yeah. even after he's been told that his name, yes. Yeah, so it, I'll say Douglas Quaid. We'll go after that. Um, and so he does a little bit of, uh, so he connects him back. He falls asleep and, you know, other or orderlies and Dr. Bruner and her, like, henchmen who, I mean, 
I didn't really plan on it being anybody specific. I did plan on being someone specifically. I mean, if we really want a Michael Ironside robot, we can do that. I had someone else <laughs> in mind for like the henchman there. Um, so Fritz researches this name, which everyone is, we're going to go Douglas Quaid for, for now. And, you know, you know, find, finds out that like, Oh, wait a minute. Like this is a dude that went into like a, a, a skit, schizoid embolism, like way back in the day. And, you know, he starts to research and he's like, oh, yeah, like it's like this. Di- he went on this discontinued recall um, program, like uh, about being a special agent and this like really popular one back in the day where you play this guy named Carl Hauser and like kind of plays into like you being total recall. It was like this weird inception of like a total recall that was super popular, but like had to get discontinued because a lot of people went into schizoid embolisms. <laughs> and just speaking outside of the plot. Pretty much what happened is I'm basing the entire first movie that it was actually a fantasy that the entire time Arnold Schwarzenegger was in a schizoid embolism embolism and has just been replaying this um, pretty much movie that we see in his head over and over again. And it's been in a vegetative state um, since they got um, or, 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 you know, since he's uh, uh, connected it right in the beginning of the first movie. So long story short, um, he kind of uh, does a little bit more research, starts talking to Quaid, and they kind of develop this like repertoire where like he's trying to like learn more about like what's kind of going on here while also doing some snooping around the ship and some research uh, databases. He kind of finds out like, wait a minute, like they're 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 actually like data mining. Like what happened was is like a lot of people that back in the day had schizoid embolisms and they would say that they actually died. But what they did was is, you know, in order to like use them and preserve them as like greedy corporations do, they're like, well, let's just kind of like plug them up to these like machines. And like, similarly how like Facebook data mines all of our information, they're doing that, but they're literally doing that directly from the brain. Like they're doing like these, these total recall memories and scenarios and like playing out all these weird scenarios and like recording stuff. Um, and using that to sell to advertisers and like getting all these like uh, human data traits, like super illegally and unethical, hence why they're in space, but they keep doing this. Um, and they're doing this with a lot of people. And and he finds out at this point, like it's not just like these accidental schizoid embolisms, people that they're taking in, like they're actually like taking people and kidnapping them and just like, you know, connecting them up against their will. You know, some of them are, um, you know, de- dedicated servants like himself who thought they'd be working, but they're actually just like connected up to these, these machines. And so he starts talking to, to Quaid, trying to convince him, like, you're not like, you're not the person you think you are. Like you're, you're like 70 years old now. Like you're, he looks at himself, he shows him a mirror. He's like freaking out. And like, you know, Quaid's just trying to find out like, holy shit, like, wait a minute, like my wife is like possibly still alive. Like I might, might have like a family still somewhere. Like he's, I don't know, he's kind of freaking out. And this is where I kind of didn't plan as in depth, but eventually they, they agree. Quaid wants to find out who he is and specifically, oh man, I should have looked this up. Who's his wife's <laughs> name in the movie? Lori. Lori. Yeah. I, I knew Sharon Stone played her. Uh, yeah. So where, where Lori's at contacting him and finding out like what actually happened in all these years with her and trying to rekindle his love for her, making contact with her while uh, Fritz 
is the actual action star kind of pushing him around this sort of like futuristic wheelchair and fighting through these layers of ships, kind of like dread, like where they have like the henchmen going off and they kind of free some of these other uh, uh, people that are locked up and they work their way down through the ship fighting and all these wonky, crazy action scenes where eventually um, they threaten Fritz's sister in some sort of way. Um, you know, this is all stuff we can fill in if we decide to go with this plot. And um, they try to work their way to Dr. Bronner to kind of undo everything. Quaid's just trying to find out who he really is, where Lori's at, and get contact with her. And then um, Fritz is at odds with, like, his ethics and freeing these people versus, like, hey, like, I've got to take care of my sister. I think maybe at the end they can have a bribe, like, hey, listen, we're not going to kill your sister. We're going to cure her disease. Like, we have this top-notch research. Like, we're going to give her this, like you know special drug that's going to keep her going like if you just you know kind of give up quaid and you know go her separate ways and you know there's some big battle scene blah blah the fucking blow up the ship and in the end you know you know how it goes that's that's all stuff we can fill in <laughs> if we decide to go with that but that that's what i got that's the sort of hell base. yeah i don't know if you did it on purpose but you have so many allusions to like other well-known sci-fi things um, cause like when you were describing the, uh, the people that are like, um, in stasis, like hooked up to these machines, the first thing I went to was a minority report, oh, yeah. uh, which is also <laughs> a, a Philip K. Tick where they predict uh, the story. Yeah. yeah. They predict the future, um, yeah. And then you got into talking about like the data mining of, of human beings. And that was reminding me of like the matrix where they're basically farming humans, but they're not doing it for like data purposes. They're doing it more for like the um energy but oh, like, yeah there's well, all these things that could be set up to yeah. uh kind of reference other sci-fi properties well yeah I, I also didn't mention like pretty much arnold schwarzenegger like he's in a wheelchair so he's like he, he's been not moving for 30 years like he has no yeah. muscle mm. but i want him eventually to get into a like an a mech suit kind of like in the first <laughs> alien movie where he's like you know nice. he can kind of do some badass shit um in reference to that and then like you know i didn't plan all the individual fight scenes there but you know uh the the protagonist fritz is like you know uh, an, an ex-soldier so he can do all this badass stuff and uh you know you have the whoever the thug is it really didn't really matter just put a generic thug and uh they're fighting them and they're yeah. corporate goons man um so all right so nick i love your pitch i love it i think that that's it's a very creative uh and uh it's like a worthy approach at a, at a sequel coming at it with, with, with some twists um and some new sci-fi elements pulling from other classic sources and uh zach i love the element of your pitch with the kuatu recall uh groundhog's day moment and i think that they kind of perfectly blend into one another where uh zach's your pitch with the kuatu recall um element and him having to repeat from that moment is the first act it's the setup um and he you know he's he's getting more and more confused like what the hell's going on why do i keep ending up at this moment we can't figure out how to play this out in the most perfect way it's like that's the for eons in his brain that's what he experienced and then we kind of hard cut after three or four of these moments to fritz uh getting the job to go and work at this building um, to to take care of his sister. Um, and the, the plot unfolds from there. 
Yeah, I really like uh, also Nick and your universe that there is it's it's the future, but also you don't get healthcare and people are still <laughs> going to space to escape taxes. Uh, like these <laughs> things that should be very menial things are still uh, like huge issues that haven't been solved. Oh yeah, well the idea is like that. It's like even worse. Like, like yeah. it wanted indentured servitude, which is like I don't know. Like the way I was thinking of it, it's like you know, not too actually far off from like a nine to five, like, you know, I'm getting older. I'm like, well, like, looks like I could be working at state farm for 30 more years. Yeah. Like, Oh, like it's kind of like that, but more like set in stone and a little bit more barbaric. Um, I don't know. Is there any way we can put like any of your political stuff with like earth and maybe, I don't know if Mars, how Mars would come into it, but add that. So, in. so it could be, um, I don't know. Storms, like, yeah. I, I don't know if we could do like, so we start with the, the Quaid stuff that is from total recall, like my part. And then, um, we just hard cut, like this is repeated a couple times in like a couple different ways. And then we hard cut to, um, Fritz and we, he is like a soldier, uh, for like another, uh, planet. And maybe that's where like, he, I, I don't know. I don't know if he could be the the tie-in to the other planet and then get the, um, there's just this kind of intergalactic tension. I think maybe um, um, a, an interesting angle would be if, if it's just kind of uh, shown through the cultural context, like maybe there's newspaper clippings or ads that talk mm -hmm. about, um, I, I like the idea of the Saturn colony because that's in, in Total Recall, the guy at Recall keeps telling him like, you want to go to Saturn. You don't want to go to Mars. You want to go to Saturn. Uh, and I like the idea of there being some some significance in that. Um, so if it's like what we're getting in the media is like people are returning from the Saturn colony. Things went horribly wrong. All these people coming back. Sign your life away. Make sure you have a job, a guaranteed job for the future. There's too many people, not enough jobs. Or go into recall forever. So there's kind of this underground uh, out from suffering from the, the current state of society. What if Fritz was like the way that context is kind of layered in there and it does, it probably can't be super specific in the context of the movie, but like what if Fritz was one of the people that set, you know, that bombs that uh, fucked up the buildings and killed a lot of people. Oh, like nice. And, and he has actually total recalled his head to forget about that shit. Oh, and Dr. Broner uses that against him as like, oh, you're trying to be this, like, save the people, uh, like be a man of the people, rescue all these people. Like, you think you're better than us? Well, like, here, we got evidence of you doing this. Like, I bet you thought you fucking could erase that shit, motherfucker. Ooh, and it, could be a, it could be like a chemical thing and or so like. Uh, he, he did some, the, it was like a, uh, God, what's the, um, like chemical warfare type, uh, and it's actually what is affecting his sister. So he's responsible for it, but he yeah. has erased that from his mind. And that's why he like goes out of his way to do all this stuff. And it, the reveal is you, you're doing all of this cause you're guilty and you've erased your guilt. Nice. That is, and that's an excellent callback to Quaid's position in the original movie. Wow. It's, uh, it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like how this movie's coming together, though. Yeah, th this sounds like, I, I, I want to watch this 
this sequel to Total. Yeah, and then like like a lot like you know we've got a lot of the structure in there. Like most of it, like like I said, like I want like at least while we're in that spaceship and the scenes there, maybe not like if we're doing Kwatu stuff and some flashbacks, you know, inter intersplice it with some flashbacks of him on Saturn. But like I want it to be like. Well, you know what was the i can't remember what the first movie it was like raid um where they're like fighting in like uh like a project or something it's yeah like some yeah, yeah, movie. yeah yeah where it's yeah um raid redemption i don't know if that's a sequel might be or, i don't know but, but like yeah. more specifically like dread the good like the most recent uh carl raid, urban yeah. it's one called the raid redemption. it's a yeah apartment complex where it's basically like a video game and he's fighting up a up a tower. Yeah, yeah. Like I like to think that like the medical bays are the back of the ship, and he has to go to the bridge. And it's like it's like it's like it's like dread where he's like working his way up um, to the top to get um, what's her name, mommy, whoever, uh, Cersei's, whoever the, fuck <laughs> the actress uh, plays. But like it's like also like a site. It's like an alien spaceship like setting. Like it's like uh, I don't know all this futuristic shit. And you know yeah, I mean you're on a science research vessel in space. Like there's so many things you could do with various rooms. Like I, the only thing I thought of was like the mech suit. But there's like I don't know like like well, I like be, a lot of allusions um, to other sci-fi stuff as well. If he is like an indentured worker, his like verification or ID, whatever, as soon as he swipes it um, multiple times, then there's like the guards start coming for him and then he takes theirs. And then from that point on, it's just like the technology is tracking him and throwing different things at him. Um, And we can kind of see the waves of defense that this ship, that this station kind of has. Yeah, and and I, I I didn't describe, but like at least for most of the movie, like like maybe forget about all the other. Like I mentioned briefly, like you know he revives all the other people. Like maybe he doesn't because they're all gonna be vegetative suit uh, too, because that doesn't make make much sense. But like he's pushing around Arnold Schwarzenegger, who he might he needs some other reason to be carrying him with him instead of like just on this path to assist him to help stuff like. I want them to kind of have like an antagonistic relationship at start and then get like each other. So like for some, some reason, like Douglas Quaid has to go with him. Like, and he has to carry him. And I, I don't, I, I don't know what that is, but I want there to be like a, a less loving, like lone wolf and cub relationship where he's like looking after this old decrepit man who like is pretty uh, useless except for the reason why he's bringing him along until he can get like this fucking mech suit or not even mech suit, but like an exoskeleton where he can actually start doing shit and being so, badass Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it could be something as easy as like, um, he's got like a passcode in his mind and that's why they're replaying him over and over and over and trying to data mine it as they're trying to get this like password that is like encrypted in his mind. So he just needs to like brain plug himself up to, the big the big computer at the end i don't i don't know and that's why he needs to take him because it's not it's not even something that doug quaid knows it's something that um has been like so ingrained into um his brain that's like it's not even a memory maybe not a passcode but maybe because he was interconnected with this like ship's computer he somehow like maybe an error occurred like as well when like they trip those wires and like he has like a lot of knowledge 
from the computer. So he Ooh, knows. How about, like, how about an error occurred when, when uh, he tripped the wires, yeah. he plugged them in backwards. Like there's multiple things. He switched them. <laughs> he switched them. And so Arnold Schwarzenegger now like got data from the computer and so he is like a being that can kind of control some of the stuff too. And basically they have to go up and is that too much? Uh, well, uh, I, I got, I, I had a real stupid idea. Like what if he becomes like the spaceship, like a mind? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, but like not like in it, and but, yeah. Yeah. But like, it's not his body. It's just his voice, like guiding Fritz through the station. That's too dumb. I want a physical. No, 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 old no. Arnold like I was going to say, He's physically bringing with him because Arnold Schwarzenegger can like hack in and see like there's three guards uh, and then the door opens. Sure enough, three guards that he's like giving them intel because he is the computer system. Well, well, let's say you know we're we're in, we're in the future. We're even past the future with Total Recall. Like let like you know there's let's say there's like a lot of like cybernetic interfacing where like you know he was linked into this computer system, but like every human on the spaceship has like a link to their skull for just like uploading information or like, you know, recording like diary, you know, whatever. Like they're like, there's a lot of cybernetic implants. So maybe like he can hack the, like he, because of that error with the computer, he has a special way of like, he's got like a fire. He can break through the firewall of like, the security systems. We have to basically like the reveal is the computer was data mining me but I've been data mining the computer and then like he opens the door that can't be unlocked. Like basically Arnold Schwarzenegger has been locked, has been plugged in. And because of that plug, it's not a one way stream. It's a two way stream. And he's been picking up stuff from the computer system and basically just archiving it in his own brain. And Doug Quaid is actually an international space spy. And so he is able to do all this stuff. Yeah. Well, no, is that super dumb? That's that's a little much. <laughs> but I like I, I still I, I, I like like taking a step back a bit and like like one, I like the idea that something happened with him in the computer where like a lot of the computers uploading with him. There's a there's a Star Trek episode, I believe in Next Generation, where like someone gets the intelligent i think it's barkley gets the intelligent you can i don't think either of you guys have seen star trek but he gets like the intelligence of the computer in his head but it's like or, or something is giving him like immense intelligence but it's also killing him and so maybe he is racing to maybe he, he all right maybe his goal to get to the end of the ship is to either like get dr browner to force himself to get this computer out of his head like, cause that's the only person who they think can help him. But in reality, Quaid knows that like he is going to die and he didn't do that to get Dr. Bronner. He just wanted to access the bridge. Whereas the only place to get communication, cause it's like a slave research ship and like only the top dogs can communicate with the planet um, where he, he tries to get some communication array. And he just wants to tell Lori he loves her and the truth and like that he's not dead, that he actually lives and that he, you know, in the where end he's dies. trying to broadcast, broadcast all this information that is the truth. Yeah. The truth uh, along and with like the other guy, the other guy doesn't necessarily care about that. Like he, he doesn't care about that. It, it is much more like he doesn't want to get caught and his sister. Yeah. I like this storm. Are you there? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. here. I've just I'm been, just, yeah, I'm I've just been laying out. back, listening and absorbing for like <laughs> ten minutes, and I, I, I love, I love all of this. Um, and I, I, there's only one stupid thing that I, I, I would contribute, and that is that um, wheelchair bound Quaid, old Arnold Schwarzenegger, is given by Fritz some sort of weapon that he can use while they're moving forward in the ship to uh, kill people in gratuitous action. I, I also feel like it shouldn't be a wheelchair. I feel like it should I either. I have two things in my head of like, it's either um, like Han Solo frozen in carbonite, just straight up and down. He's on like a platform, just his whole body that. being moved or laying down like a hospital bed, but it's still like a levitating bed. And so he's like laying down and he can't really do anything or he is I think if he is stand like not standing, but straight up and down like a normal person on this levitating like platform that's pushing him, it creates the opportunity to like spin it around and use him for cover and uh, just do do some real stupid things like push him <laughs> into people. Um, I like I like it starting from something like that, but then like it breaks, so then they have to like bring yeah, and then eventually yeah, eventually it breaks or it's like. It, it, it's it's not gonna fit through a door or something. <laughs> I yeah, I do think a a good scene in this would be like it breaks, and so uh, is his name Fitz or Fritz? Fritz, I might have called Fritz. him Fitz. Uh, Fritz has to uh, like carry Arnold Schwarzenegger on his back for a leg of this. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, or like he props him up in a corner or something. Um, I definitely want. Quaid sacrificing himself for the better good, whether it's to save Fritz, whether it's to tell Lori loves her and then share this illegal information that's happening with this. Well, I mean, it's technically not illegal, but this unethical information <laughs> that's happening with Total Recall uh, maybe like wants to do it. Like maybe the idea is like maybe Fritz and Fritz and Quaid are just like, man, like what's the point of doing this? It's not even like it's illegal. They're in space. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> like, space law, bros. Fuck them, they're going to get away with it. It's like, no, <laughs> there's a law of the markets. The people will not buy recall products if you know. I don't know if they know about this stuff that they're mining. So, about. so I have a question. I guess in yours is the company uh, recall like defunct, or are they still like no, the power? They're 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 not just a memory replacement company like that's just like a part of like an entertainment sector like recall but could be like the last name of something it's kind of like google or apple okay it's it's, i I was saying that i yeah i agree that they should definitely be this like evil corporation that is data mining people um to then use however that concept was inspired inspired by current events where I just realized or learned that Robin Hood, um, hold the line with GME, baby. Um, Robin Hood, <laughs> <laughs> Robin Hood, uh, that's how they make money is they sell your uh, information on buying and trading to places like, you know, Melvin Capital. And yeah, like that's kind of fucked up they actually got sued a few years ago and no one knew about it you're not sued but like fined by the government because they're misleading uh advertising about how they made their money 
was it uh, i think citron is the name of the the hedge fund that Robinhood pays up to but it, yeah it's the reason that if you use that platform for anything <laughs> given well, current events uh there's no like advertising or or uh it's very streamlined it's like um and that's exactly why because you're you're buying and selling your trading information is being data mined and sold directly to the people who are benefiting from that which is why it looks super sketchy when Robin Hood makes you not buy GME stocks. Um, uh, if you're listening to this years from now, just search up <laughs> Wall Street <laughs> Bets, GME, GameStop. GameStop. Yeah, I'm assuming anyone listening to this or, or my cohorts on this are uh, have, have those diamond hands or holding, holding steady, as they say. <laughs> We're going to the moon, boys. <laughs> um. All right. So, how what what are we all playing this towards? Like, what is our big finale then? Clearly, some sort of bridge fight um, with the main. Maybe not the main. How about the two characters split off? We have Fritz and Arnold. Arnold goes off on his own. Maybe he's in his mech suit. Maybe he's not. Maybe he found something else. But he takes on Doctor Bruner or Browner, however you want to say. It doesn't matter. I just made up the name. And then Fritz fights the head, you know, the main thug. So it's like an A and B fight, fight line. And, you know, they both have their tense moments. And, um, you know, it leads up to Arnold messaging Lori, telling her that he loves her while simultaneously um, sharing all this data that was mined and the unethical processes that Total Recall is doing that to both Mars and Earth. Mars, which does not have an atmosphere because the whole first movie never happened. So how about this for Arnold's sa- sacrifice scene? Uh, and, and I think Arnold's end. Um, so he's in the mech suit. God, we love mech suits in this show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you've not listened, go back and, and listen to the Grinch episode where I feel like we have a better mech suit kind of situation. But anyway, um, exoskeleton it could be an exoskeleton yeah uh fritz is fighting the um like genetically engineered michael ironside um and is actually like losing the fight and exoskeleton arnold comes running tackles him off the bridge uh which is actually like god no because then the entire thing would open up i don't know i'm gonna have it happen so they like free fall off this bridge through like this glass of the ship out into space. Um, and Arnold sacrifices himself to kill this, this kind of big bad uh, and, and move Fritz along to the final um, kind of meeting. And as Arnold is floating in space uh, out where he is able to send off communication, he like sends a message before he like freezes in the vacuum of space off to Lori and then that is, he dies. That's you know, like his dying thing. Yes. But instead of freezing, the way he dies is exactly yeah. like his it's face does. Yes. <laughs> it's gotta be that. Like, I, I, I looked it up while, <laughs> while you were talking uh, to see if that happened and it wouldn't because um, you freeze way before it. But like, I, that's gotta happen, right? Yeah. Let's oh, just yeah. have that happen. He's like, oh, okay. oh, 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 oh. It gets super big and his face explodes. Yeah. Wow. All right. 
So there's a there's definitely a, a solid solid follow up to Total Recall in there. I'm not sure if it's good, but it's. I it's think it's good. I was I like it. I was I, pretty blown away by what was developed just now. Uh, I was kind of just riding along. I mean, it's I nothing know. new or groundbreaking, but it it'd be a, it'd be a fun movie to watch. Yeah, I could see it happening. I'm very curious who you have cast as Fritz. Yeah, let's let's get into casting. Um, so I straight up cat like recast the movie, um, but I think my Quaid can be a Fritz. Um, I don't necessarily know that Melina or Lori are going to make their way into this or my, my, uh, my Richter character definitely can. Um, I didn't cast so, Fritz's sister. I, I, I think one of mine would work for that. The other one I don't necessarily think would let's go ahead and start. If are, are we good? We're, we're keeping Arnold Schwarzenegger as Quaid. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, so I guess the, Fritz would then be the younger action star. So who yeah. who did you guys have either as Quaid, if we were doing mm-hmm. more of a like reboot, uh, or as the young the young guy? Yeah, I I had so in my pitch his name was Duke, but it definitely is the same the same role uh, of the young hero. So uh, it translates you know moves right over into Fritz. Uh, I had Jason Momoa, uh, but. <laughs> There's another guy for sure that is the guy, and it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> no, I fought him. I fought putting him so hard. I I was like, God, it's definitely him. But I was like, no, I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna put the Rock in this movie because uh, I did. So I with Quaid had a list of three people, uh, which became four, and then I trimmed it down to just one. Jason Momoa was on my list for Quaid. And then I was like, ah, I don't know. Um, my, my final guy that I went with though was, uh, Henry Cavill or Cavill, okay. uh, who plays Superman. Yeah. Um, I think he just like, he would be a better Quaid probably. It's a better um, actor, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, I also had two that as of right now, I'm still debating with, but like, I was the, like I was gonna have either of these guys. One of these guys could be the uh, main henchman, and one of them could be Fritz. I think they're interchangeable. So like my focus was like not someone that was Quaid like, but more of like real grizzled. And I, I, like one of my favorite actors for that would be like John Bernthal. Like, nice. Okay. Uh, I, I, or 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 Tom Hardy. Tom like, Hardy. I could see that for sure. Uh, even doing some of the same insane. Quaid like facial uh things that were where they use like the prosthetics um or or I'm sorry like the puppetry um oh, yeah. yeah Tom Hart <laughs> that's that's awesome I didn't think about that at all I guess I was thinking of a, a, more of a cheesy approach uh with Jason Momoa but I like Tom Hardy a lot J- Jason Momoa would be good because he's not the I mean I like him in certain movies and shows mm-hmm. but he's not the greatest actor, but he's no. like a big action guy, which is really fits the Arnold yeah. <laughs> like role super well. So I like that for like, especially like a new Quaid, but I guess the way I envisioned Fritz wasn't like a new Quaid. It was more of like a, a more veteran, like, like I like, vet I like John Barenthal more than Tom Hardy in this. Right on. I like that. I think he would definitely play a, more off as like angry at Arnold Schwarzenegger the entire time. I, I don't know. He just seems like a meaner person than Tom Hardy. 
I can see. I'm curious. Um, I this is derailing a little bit. Have they ever been in a in a film together? They kind of are the same type of guy. Yeah, Uh, they definitely are the same type of guy. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they were, but I I would I want to see that movie if it exists. Well, we could cast Tom Hardy as the henchman. (laughs) That'd be cool. Um, I mean, he you know he's usually a leading man. Uh, a lot of times with someone like that, you get a very interesting, weird, crazy approach. I'm thinking like Robert De Niro and like Jackie Brown or something like that, where you, when you get cast in a lesser role, you bring the leading man character performance to the lesser role. So John Bernthal as Fritz and then Tom Hardy as the henchman. But what, what, if, what if we have what if we have like a, a squad of henchmen that he fights Okay. But there's like a head henchman. So we can use a lot of these these a lot of these characters. I mean, let's just pretend we can get all these fucking superstars. <laughs> like, like Henry Cavill and like Jason Momoa. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd love for them to be like play I mean, Jason Momoa and Henry Cavill, it's hard to get them to play bad guys though. I think yeah. Jason Momoa would be a very good like it's almost like an action trope where he's like the big guy that looks really tough and the then it's just dumb like, guy. wiped out super fast. Yeah, with Indiana Jones, like, dude with the sword. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so let's, I, I cast uh, Richter, uh, Michael Ironside's character, um, but I, I feel like we're probably going to do a Tom Hardy in that role. Um, oh, we could do, I forgot about Michael Ironside with the robot arms. Yeah, uh, I, I'm very curious as to who you've got as a recast of that. I cast Billy Zane. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Billy Zane. Does he not give up? The guy from Titanic. Yeah, modern Billy um, Zane. But he's sure. like bald now. Uh, oh. he, I, I don't know. I was super proud of that one because I good. feel like he has the same like energy of just being like the worst person in the world. Billy Zane. Oh man. Yeah. I, I and love like that. he is attainable too. Like he is not. <laughs> we're not gonna. Sorry if you're listening, Billy. But. Um, yeah, we're not going to break the bank bringing him in. Or yeah. we could have Vincent D'Onofrio, who plays Michael Ironside's brother. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's a stretch. But I think he's like he's almost as old as Michael Ironside, so it would be kind of stupid to recast him. Is that the guy from Law & Order? He uh, he played uh, Private the... Pyle in Full Metal okay. Jacket, and My next Daredevil, thing was... he played uh, the Kingpin. <laughs> My identifying role for him is the guy who's like a bug in Men in Black. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like you can't tell us him at all. Uh, So, yeah. Okay. I I recast Benny, which like we're obviously not going to do. Um, I think that this person could definitely come in as like a like an evil scientist, uh, though. Um, But for Benny, the guy who's the cab driver, like the, the fast talking cab driver who has five kids to feed um <laughs> i cast donald glover uh, yeah that that makes sense got uh, five kids to feed. but i would uh i would like to see donald glover as like he is he's actually the head of this entire thing yeah maybe like running the running the whole show um technology wise yeah i could see a similar performance even like donald glover coming in with a Benny's a very particular character. I, I, I was curious if that's who, who you were getting at there. Because um, if I were to recast this movie, like the original Total Recall, that that's who I would have picked for Benny. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Like some sort of combination between like his performance. I, I feel like in um like The Martian and then like Lando Calrissian mixed together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So, who who were we deciding for like the hench main bad hench person? Like, are we doing a Michael Ironside? Like, I'm down for it. I like that Billy so, Zane uh, as Michael Ironside. That I like. Yeah, hilarious. I like Billy Zane with robot arms. <laughs> But like that is like a young Michael Irons. <laughs> I, I don't know, dude. He's he's up he's there not, now. He's just no. He's he's probably pretty close to mm-hmm. yeah, where he would have been in the in the original one. So maybe he's you know he's been he's more robot than man. He didn't age. He's fifty four now, dude. Just googling Michael Ironside. Michael and Ironside is seventy, so he was probably around fifty. When this movie this movie came out, he was like forty. Jesus, he was forty when this movie came out, but he looked like he was fifty-four. I think it works. I like, I love it. Billy's saying this as Richter, but a robot version. Robot Richter. Wait, that that doesn't make any sense in the context of because Richter's not real. It's part of an illusion. Like it's part of yeah. his dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it doesn't have to. When, <laughs> we just have Billy Zane with robot arms, and then if people think it's Richter, it goes into the what's reality and what's not. So just whoever's the the head henchman, he has robotic like cannon arms. Yeah, and we don't we don't mention it. Yeah, that no, uh, there's not a we don't have to hilarious. give a reason behind it, and we just cast Billy Zane because he kind of looks like my client's side. All right. In a perfect world, I think I prefer Tom Hardy, but given all the the context and the connection, I'm going. I like Billy Zane. <laughs> I also think Tom Hardy could be like something, uh, but I don't he, know what he could be. Chaz, the orderly that who <laughs> just a weird cameo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, who did you cast for his sister? Or you said you didn't cast anyone for his sister. Yeah, I kind of forgot about her. Because um, honestly, I, you know, had her in the beginning, but I didn't really think about her throughout the film until I started talking about it <laughs> today. So um, so I cast Melina and Lori in mine. Um, one of them I don't think works, and one of them I think could work for the sister. Um, for Melina, I cast uh, Priyanka Chopra, who... I don't know like how you would know her. She's Nick Jonas's wife, um, but she's an actress who's in like a lot of, she, she is like the Indian actress that's in everything. And then the one that I think would actually work for the sister is Lauren Cohen. Who's in like the walking dead. Damn. I, I have no, I'm just, I'm out of the loop with these people. Uh, yeah. I'm good but on I, them. Yeah, I'm fine with the Lauren Cohen. She just seems like, I don't know. I don't really know what the sister role is. Like, we did not put anything to that. You, other than you like, just need, like, a thankful um, sister yeah. who's nice, who is the only thing that, like, I know you're sweet at heart, John Berenthal, or <laughs> Berenthal, however you say your name. Yep. God, we really, I, I came into this thinking I did a great job of casting this movie and our casting of this movie that we actually made is all over the place and I'm not sure I like anybody. 
in the like it it will be interesting uh so this is this is pretty weird i I was just trying to find some frame of reference for lauren cohen Uh, i'm pretty sure she played martha wayne in batman versus superman in the the flashbacks the the, kind of the emotional crux of that so that's uh hilarious for me and definitely (laughs) confirms that the casting is all over the goddamn place but i love it i don't know this this kind of really does feel like a, a good spiritual successor well, to the heart of the original movie. Oh, yeah. Gotta have... What if uh, wheelchair-bound and or hoverboard-bound or whatever Arnold <laughs> travels in, he he comes into like a, a room in the spaceship dressed like a woman again? Not... <laughs> that's that's again, one of the gags. It's just like... like... Uh, one of the, one of the things is there's a bunch of guards and it's just like he it's a woman and it's like oh I'm lost can you can you help me I got this ship's so big and then like his head comes up or something and that's like I, I don't know it's another one of those things where the throwback is within the context of the story it is a reference to something that is actually pretend. And part of a simulation, so it's if you think too hard about it, no, it's like, but, this is ridiculous. But it would be, it would be his idea okay. that worked in his simulation. Yeah. So he does it. He executes. So he's in real doing. Life. It. He's like, yeah. I have it. I know something that will always that's always works. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. Do you guys have <laughs> any any name ideas uh, aside from like Total Recall too? Totally recalled. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Totally recalled. Yeah, I recall. That movie totally. has Keanu Reeves. Totally recalled stars Keanu Reeves. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know how, but like, totally recalled. <laughs> sure, so dumb. I'll go with it. Totally recalled, and it's just a poster of robot Billy Zane shooting <laughs> rockets out of his arms. <laughs> so people are like, what? I think it's a Total Recall sequel, but I'm really not sure. I dig it. I like it. I would see it. It's Totally Recalled the name we're just, just yeah, going to go with it. Yeah, that's like hilarious. We, we become that broken on this that we're just going to go with it. Yeah, Hell yeah. Stupid. Totally <laughs> Recalled? Oh, man. All right. Well, Totally Recalled. Uh, please, please make this movie. Yeah, please make this movie. Please make this movie. <laughs>